Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? Happy to be back once again with an episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. We've reached 36 episodes. <laughs> it has gone by very, very quickly. So we're into the Brett Learnout episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. There were very slim pickings with uh, the number 36. Um, unfortunately, Rick Stevens was unable to join us for this week. But fear not, dear Habs fans, we are in good hands. We've got Gibby from the Habilism podcast, the Francois Beauchamp, Brett Learnout. How are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am not too bad, and, and it's it's a good day for you to be here with us because we've got some fairly breaking news, and the last time you were with us was after the trade deadline, so it's great to have you back with us. And just like back then, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, especially because Mark Bergevin has given us something to uh, to speak about, which is that Brett Kulak, who we were going to talk about today anyways, because the big topic for this episode was the Canadians uh, pending RFAs. Uh, one of those was Brett Kulak, and that has already been handled, so he is already dealt with. <laughs> and they signed him <laughs> to a three-year extension, uh, just less than $2 million, 1.85 uh, annual average. So, uh, Gibby, before we get into anything else, what were your thoughts on that deal? Um, actually, I really like that deal. It sets up a lot of options for Bergevin. It gives him, uh, gives Kulak an opportunity to establish himself further in the Habs uh, roster. Um, low, low, low uh, annual average, uh, 1.85. Obviously, it's pretty low for a guy who has the potential to be playing on the second pairing again. Um, he he had split stats with Laval and in the Habs, and in total seventy six games for both squads, he had nine goals, nineteen assists. So not too bad. Um, yeah. I really like Kulak. I really do. Um, and again, like I said, this opens up a lot of options. Uh, you can get Kulak after the three years if he establishes himself further. You re-sign him after the three years, but also if uh, he doesn't plan pan out to what you expected him to do, you got uh, gives guys like Josh Brook a little bit of time to uh, to further develop and then perhaps take his spot down the roster, down the lineup. Even a guy like Romanoff, it gives a lot of options for the younger guys to further develop. So I like the, I like the signing. Yeah, you know, I think he was he was a good player after like he was he was solid obviously when you look at who was playing a lot of minutes before Brett Kulak arrived or before he was called up, it was a lot of Mike Riley and even afterwards there was a lot of Mike Riley. And, you know, I think by comparison, obviously, I, I think that Brett Kulak, and, and he had a good season. He was plus 12. I'm not taking anything away from Brett Kulak. Uh, and a lot of the immediate reaction is that this is a good signing. And I do agree. I, I like Brett Kulak. I think that he, he had a good season. The only thing, um, I'm a little bit perplexed at the term. I think that three years, I would have been fine with two. You give him two years, and then you see where you are. The third year is a little bit of a of a commitment that I don't know I would have made. But again, I there's a reason you know that there's a reason I'm here right now. But that's the thing. I don't <laughs> quite like that term. That third year is just a little bit too much of a commitment for a guy who. Yes, I think you know what he had a good season, um, but it, it just feels like a little bit too much of a commitment, at least to me as I sit here right now. But again, that those are all things that can change after. You know, we get back into, uh, you know, uh, into the regular season next year and, and see what he brings to the table. This is all very fluid. But as of right now, uh, that third year, I, I don't know. It looks like it's looming large. Uh, it's only 1.85, I know, but I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it looks like a bit too much, at least uh, at least for me. But uh, but yeah, as you I, said, I, though, yeah. I, I can agree. Yeah, I can agree with year. that 100%. Yeah. But the only – the way I'm looking at it is um, – 
so for the two years you have him, if, if there's no plans for signing anybody or making a deal, you have him on the second pairing with Petrie. He looked good with Petrie. Um, and then the third year, once the younger prospects develop, you can have him on the third line or even as a third pairing, sorry, or even as the 7D at 1.85 as a, as a, a third pairing D. It's, I think that's pretty good. And I think that's the, the route Bergevin's probably taking with that third year. Yeah, Mark Bergevin getting his work done early. It was uh, Christian Follin that was uh, taken care of right off the bat. And uh, now yeah. getting Brett Kulak as well. Um, giving us less to talk about in our second segment, but at least some breaking news that we can discuss. And uh, and Brett Kulak, I'm sure, uh, happy to have that taken care of and a little bit of security with that uh, three-year extension. Um, we have some other Habs news to discuss. And one of the things that uh, that broke a little bit earlier this week was a, it was a press release from the Canadians themselves. Uh, they are moving the stand. They have changed the standardized start times for their games. They've set a new standard time of 7 Eastern. Um, now, I live out east in Newfoundland, as, as people might know from the end of the show when I give the, uh, the Newfoundland time in comparison to the Eastern. So we're an hour and a half behind. So this was like music to my ears to see this. It's only half an hour. I know it's only half an hour. But I am like a 70-year-old man. I have the sleep patterns of a 70-year-old man. <laughs> I need my sleep. And this was just, it was great to hear. And I, I think that a lot of people out east were echoing uh, those sentiments. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? And, uh, and are you looking forward to uh, that extra half an hour? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, being from uh, the Toronto area, uh, Eastern time, um, I like it because whenever I'd come home, I'd usually get home around five thirty, six o'clock. I eat, I shower, I do what I got to do. And there, I feel like there's that like half an hour of like, what do I do with myself? Like I have no <laughs> idea what to do. So I gained that half an hour by started by them starting at seven. So I, I'm not a lost puppy for half an hour. So I love it. And plus, yeah, I'm an old seven year old man as well. I like to go to bed. <laughs> so seven o'clock start times, I'm in bed by about nine thirty, ten o'clock. So I can't complain. You know, and and also uh, you, when you think of the way that the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, and, and for students in that area, it, I think it just works out a lot better. Like young kids going to the games. I mean, they said that the only games that you would get that would be any different than that would be set games like matinees where you have over the um, over Super Bowl weekend. Those would yeah. be the exceptions to the rule. And I think that that's just it's great that you have that now. I think that this is a, this is a perfect, uh, you know, I think it's good for, for them if they're going to be selling, if they want to sell tickets, I think that this is a good thing to do. I think this will, uh, it'll be a little bit more incentive for families to go as a whole. It's only half an hour. I know, but I mean, when you're in school, it's, it's a little bit dicey. So I think that that is a, it's a good move. And, and I think a lot of people on Twitter, the early reaction that I saw, was uh, was more positive than uh, than negative, and and I think that everyone wants to see hockey earlier, anyways. So I don't think many people would be complaining. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, another piece of Habs news, and this would be concerning the Laval Rocket more than the Canadians, but we had uh, Alex Belzil sign a uh, one-year extension to be a two-way contract, and Belzil he led the Rocket in points with 54 and goals and assists uh, he had 19 goals 35 assists uh our own chris g who's covered who covered the laval rocket uh he said that he liked this signing and uh and i'll take his word for that because i did not see uh many laval rocket games this year but by looking at the stats and, and listening to the thoughts of of chris g and rick and amy johnson of uh, of the hl report you could garner you could pretty much put together that this guy was somebody and and when you look at the, the stats for the laval rocket yeah, he was uh, he was a much needed scoring threat on a team that uh, that didn't really have much scoring punch. So uh, a good signing there for Laval, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. I'm not like I just like you. I'm not uh, not huge on watching too many Laval Rocket games. I'm not one of the specialists like Rick, Chris, or Amy. So uh, I'm going to trust their word. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anybody, anytime somebody anytime somebody leads the uh, the team in points. Resigning them isn't uh, doesn't hurt the team for sure. 
No, absolutely not. That is a that would be a smart move. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a good move in, in resigning a guy. And hey, he's, he's he's French, so that that's another incentive. Um, so moving on. Speaking of of French, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> talk about the Memorial Cup a little bit because that's happening right now, and the final is set for tomorrow, and it's an all-Quebec battle. You've got all-Quebec Major Junior Hockey League teams in the final. It is Rouen-Noranda playing against the host Halifax. That is going to be an electric atmosphere. Final was set last night when uh, the Rouen-Noranda Huskies beat Guelph and uh, Nick Suzuki 6-4. to four. Uh, Another Habs prospect, Joel Teasdale, he scored a beautiful goal en route to a 6-4 victory, as I said. And now we know the final for the Memorial Cup in Halifax. And, uh, and it was actually the, uh, the Huskies just beat the uh, Halifax Mooseheads a little while ago. But the Mooseheads uh, got the bye to the final uh, after finishing first in round robin. So they are going to be out for, uh, for a rematch, I think. Uh, and, and you know that it's going to be a, a great environment there in Halifax. Yeah. Uh, so who do you like when you, when you think of, I mean, Nick Suzuki, we, we just saw him put on a show at the OHL playoffs and now you have Teasdale who scored a big goal last night. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, on well, I guess on Suzuki as well, because he led, he's got seven points in four games, which by his standards, yeah. I guess is, is low, but he, he had a phenomenal run. <laughs> and, uh, and so is Joel Teasdale with four points as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, he continued his uh, his hot streak in the Memorial Cup. He had seven points, like you said. Can't really uh, can't really complain. And it's it's the uh, since the Memorial Cup started, Habs fans and all the analysts, the uh, the talk of the show, the talk of everything was uh, the Teasdale versus Suzuki show. And yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> uh, one had to lose because they don't play on the same team, and it ended up being Nick Suzuki, which uh, he was the more successful guy in the, in the Memorial cup individually, but as a, as a team, obviously the Rouen Miranda's, uh, the Huskies and Teasdale, they, uh, they got the better of Suzuki and hopefully Teasdale can show why he is one of the the hot prospects to talk about in, um, in the Habs uh, system. So we'll, we'll hope to see that uh, he'll have a good uh, finals against the Moosehead. Absolutely, and and he looked on that goal. He uh, he stripped the puck in the in the Guelph zone, went out and just went top shelf. It was a beautiful goal, and uh, and one I mean obviously when you when you talk about Nick Suzuki, that's the guy for the Montreal Canadiens that everyone is hanging on to for hope as as being an offensive uh, juggernaut, or offensive superstar. But uh, but Joel Teasdale uh, with some great work and, and and hopefully that's a guy that can uh, carve out a role for himself and, and and we'll have to see what happens in the final maybe a big performance uh, <laughs> who knows he's got four points in, in four games so anything could uh, anything can happen in the final yeah um, he's showing himself to be a good goal scorer he's got three goals can't complain right yeah three goals I mean that's I think the tournament lead is four so he's he's right up there so it could it could exactly. happen again in the final. Um, so we also have, as the Memorial Cup is happening, we also have the World Hockey Championships. And in, in just a little while, I'm not, the game might even be on now, <laughs> we have uh, Canada, yeah. who are in the semifinal, playing against the Czech Republic. Uh, they are coming off of a, a ridiculous win over, uh, over Switzerland, who always seem yeah. to give Canada a little bit of a scare at whatever tournament it is, whether it's the World Juniors or here at the World Hockey Championships. Canada always gets a little bit of a scare from Switzerland, and oh man, it was it was looking like Switzerland was gonna sneak away with a win, and then Mark Stone, uh, my goodness, Mark Stone has been so good. But it was uh, it was actually Damon Severson with the uh, with the tying goal with like almost it was less than a second remaining in the game, yeah, and that puck I think it was zero point three seconds. Yeah, it was a crazy goal, <laughs> and then Pierre Luc Dubois to Mark Stone ends it. It's been a it's been a great tournament for Canada, and a part of that has been their power play, which has been clicking at fifty percent. And that power play has been uh, the work, or at least the uh, the strategy, of Kirk Muller, 
Kirk Muller, what? who was under fire for most of this season because of the Habs power play sucking the life out of the team and the crowd <laughs> and everything. And here he is, man, or, excuse me, uh, being the head strategist, the offensive coordinator, if you will, for a power play that is at 50%. It helps when you have Mark Stone. But is this maybe showing why Habs fans were in the wrong for saying that this laid on the shoulders of, of Kirk Muller? I mean, I, I'm kind of indifferent about it. I mean, I'm not putting too much into it that he's – I mean, look at the team that he has. When you have a guy yeah. like Mark Stone <laughs> and him on the power play, it's, it's, it's going to click. Um, but it does, it does show that perhaps – they're the the players that we're putting out on the power play for Montreal aren't it's clearly not working so you got to try and find something that does click and does work so I, I'm I'm gonna give uh, Kirk Muller the benefit of the doubt now looking at the uh, the champion the world championships here but uh, I'm still not 100% sold on his system and yeah I, I think that there needs to be and like, because a lot of people were quick to put it on Kirk Muller and there needs to be a little bit of a, I think I'm with you on that. There needs to be a 50, 50 kind of divide over this. Maybe even you go 33% three ways, because ultimately the guys that are out there, that is the choice of Claude Julian. And yeah, I think the personnel that are out there, I think that there were guys that were being way too aggressive that were making plays that weren't there. Um, I don't want to name names, but I will say that Jonathan Drouin was a guy who, for the most of this season, I know that when you look at the numbers, he, he led, I believe he led the, the team in power play points, which he probably should have because he was out there almost all the time. Yeah. But that was a guy that was making a lot of, a lot of plays that weren't necessarily there. And then also you have a lot of guys that are similar skill sets where, where Max Domi is a guy that likes to create and make, plays and be that kind of guy and he did that five on five but on the power play not so much and I think that Kirk Muller and I think that everyone that was associated with that power play should take some of the blame but I think I'm with you this shows that this is a system or this is at least a, a guy that has put together successful power plays and for whatever reason I think personnel wise I think whether it was the guys that were chosen to be out there or the guys themselves when they got out there, there were a lot of a lot of guys who deserved some of the blame, and, and Kirk Muller was a guy that received a, a lot of it, and uh, and it's good to see that he's had an opportunity now to to feel good about himself and the job that he does in preparing a power play. Um, so hopefully that carries over to the Montreal Canadiens next season. Yeah, hopefully. I, my my issue with the power play, and I've spoken about it many times, was our face, our centers, our centers are good positionally, but face-off wise, they're in the lower, the yeah. lower end of the percentages. I believe a lot of them. I think the our highest uh, face-off guy was uh, like consistent, not including after the trade deadline, was I believe it was Denoa hovering around. I think it was forty-nine percent. Um, yeah. And even then, I think that that's just off the top of my head. I believe that's a little bit high than higher than I'm saying. Um, but you lose a lot of the faceoffs, and the opposite, the opposing team clears the zone, and having to sustain that zone pressure again, it's it's very it's hard to to sustain that. Yeah. To sustain that once once the trap is in play, and then also we're taking a lot of low danger shots like from the point yeah from outside the slot like we I feel like we got to play a little bit down low but um but yeah anyways that's that's uh that's my thought on why our power play wasn't so successful even though Kirk I do think Kirk Muller's system does does a good job it's just uh again it's it's kind of on Julian as well because he's putting out the wrong guys yeah and and uh, yeah having a uh, Mark Stone and uh, Thomas Shabbat and a pair of yeah, that exactly. certainly helps. That, <laughs> um, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt them, right? <laughs> no, no. And there is the opportunity in free agency to go out and get someone that could help you on the power play. Unfortunately, though, <laughs> a name that 
Rick Stevens brought up a couple of weeks ago on this very podcast is now off the table, and that is Brock Nelson of uh, the New York Islanders who re-upped with the Islanders, who are not taking any chances this year. <laughs> they are not losing yeah. another centerman. Uh, I don't think they had much say in the matter last year, but regardless, they got the, their job, their work done early, and they still have some to do, but they got this guy taken care of. Brock Nelson on a six-year uh, contract worth $36 million total, and yeah, I think that this is a guy that has a lot of versatility. He played uh, he played a lot of center this year for the Islanders, and, and most of it was on the number one uh, forward line, or at least very close there, too. And that is somebody that I think, I mean, 53 points coming off a career year. There was reason for Montreal to be interested in that guy. And as Rick mentioned, I, I think that this was someone that if he got to the point of July 1 and he was, not uh, signed to a contract, this would be a guy that Montreal would be looking looking at. Yeah, I mean, he, he has the option of uh, playing center and wing, right? And uh, by the way, I'm just going to, I'm just going to shout you out for that fantastic segue you just had. Um, <laughs> that was fantastic. You've been doing this for a little while, but, uh, uh, yeah. but no, going back, going back to Brock Nelson, um, I, I was, completely agreeing with Rick. I, I, I liked Brock Nelson and I think Brock Nelson was definitely a player that the Habs should have eyed had he reached uh, free agency and on July 1st. But uh, yeah, as, as, for the contract, uh, 4.25, I mean, Hey, nothing, to, nothing to sneeze at there. It's nothing. Uh, it's not a bad AV. Uh, yeah. A good player. Looks uh, he had, I believe it was 53 points. He had 25 goals this year. So, yeah. Anytime you get a 25 goal scorer locked up long term, I mean, nothing, uh, it's not a bad deal. 4.25 for him. I like it. I like it a lot. Good for the Islanders to lock up a player that uh, is definitely in their future. Uh, and, and on your comment regarding my segue, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So I appreciate it. But, uh, <laughs> but other times it's a lot like, so French guys, uh, I don't know. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. You, you get an yeah. opportunity to sign a 25 goal man and a guy that you brought up and has been a part of your system and you've watched grow year by year. And there are people that are saying that this is a steep price to pay, but ultimately when you want to lock up in today's NHL, this is what, a guy like Brock Nelson is worth. And this is, uh, I think, an appropriate deal. And one of the things that you saw immediately afterwards were people saying, oh, well, like, you know, like Nathan McKinnon, like he's over the next six years is going to make just, uh, what, uh, 300K more than Brock Nelson. Uh, You're playing the wrong game here because this is, you know, I know that it's, it's Nathan McKinnon, but like this is Brock Nelson who has had a good year for a good team and he's only going to get better. So that point I thought was a little bit, uh, a little bit, I don't know if I would have made that point uh, for a guy who you just saw had a career year and a 25 goal man for a team that just lost their captain, their best player. He stepped up and played in a way that I don't think many people thought that he would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like, I mean, I get you do the comparison to, the players that make the same salary, but you look at what Brock Nelson has brought this season for the Islanders after losing John Tavares. I think he filled the roles very well. And I think he, he, he deserves to get a little bit of a pay increase because he's making after this, this contract, what is it? You said it was six year 36. Yeah. Yeah. So he's making a, what is it? Six mil. I think my math is, yeah. My uh, my math is my correct there, right? Yeah. So six mil. I mean, you know what? For a guy that has the potential to be, looking at his stats, he, he has the potential to be a thirty consistent thirty goal scorer down the road. So, right now we might say it might be a steep price, but later down the road, who knows? You never know. Yeah. Look at Pacioretty. Pacioretty had a good. Uh, had a. Everybody was saying, you know what? Pacioretty, his his AV was in the beginning was a little bit high, but later down the road the guy was 30 goal scorer and his, yeah. his, his cap hit was, was a joke compared to all the guys that were scoring 30, <laughs> 25, 30 goals. Right. So it, was, it exactly. might pay off for the Islanders. And if you want to put it together, a Stanley cup contender, you've got to start somewhere. 
And this deal might be something that, you know, when you look at teams that are that are currently in a playoff situation, like the Boston Bruins, who are paying, I believe, Mar- uh, Brad Marchand is making $6.1 million or something like that. Like, yeah, those are deals that you make. And then eventually they, those guys become, uh, you know, uh, uh, another, they get another tier, they get another bit better. And then ultimately they become whatever player that they, they that they are. And, and I think for Brock Nelson, his versatility makes him worth that money. And uh, as I said, uh, <laughs> as we bring up uh, Brad Marchand, I think we should probably get to the Stanley Cup finals, which have been said. And it is the St. Louis Blues versus the Boston Bruins. And this is going to be, I, I think for a lot of reasons, it's going to be an interesting Stanley Cup final. It's always interesting. But not the least of, of those reasons is we have got a couple that uh, on television that, that full of that are divided at the moment. You've got... If you watch The Office, and I know that people have seen this now everywhere, it is Team Jim versus Team Pam. Pam Beasley, the actress that played her on The Office, Jenna Fisher, is a St. Louis Blues fan. John Krasinski, a Bruins fan. And uh, John Krasinski played Jim. So you have been seeing on Twitter people saying that they are hashtag Team Pam or hashtag Team Jim. And now I think we can safely say on this podcast we are – Team Pam, all the way. A hundred percent. Oh man, yeah, I, I like, I like. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup. I, I really like yeah. that matchup. I think, I think St. Louis is, is something, is a team that is going to give the Bruins a hard time, considering the size that St. Louis is. And at the beginning of the season, prior to the season, uh, Lewis and I usually do like our little favorites. I had St. Louis as a favorite, a cup favorite. Um, I just felt like the goaltending had to show up, and Jake Allen was crapping the bed, so to speak, in the beginning <laughs> of the season, and that's why they were uh, so low in the standings. I believe they were in last place or second last place for a long time, and yeah. then the unsung hero, Jordan Bennington, comes in and Look at that. They're in the, the Stanley Cup Finals, and I do think that they have a strong chance at uh, beating the Bruins this year. Yeah, I think they are a fantastic story. And last year we saw a fantastic story in the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Um, I, it is going to be the, you know, you see it almost every year with whatever league that you're looking at. It's going to be rest versus rust. What is the best way to go about what is the better way do you want to be tested all the way through do you want to go through grueling matchups or do you want to be rested and ultimately I don't know which one I would say I think there are pros and cons to both but for this series we're going to have to see how things all play out however I I think that this is a this is going to be the Bruins cup to lose. When I say that, I know that people are going to be upset, but this to me just looks like a matchup that they might be able to arrested Bruins team. I think the players that they have like a Brad Marchand, a a Patrice Bergeron, especially we've seen Patrice Bergeron battle through a playoffs before. I think that this rest is going to be huge for their veteran pieces I hope that I'm wrong <laughs> and it's a, and you get a great story in St. Louis and, and they're, they're super, they're super fan. Was it Leia, Layla? Layla? who has been all over Twitter and, and all that. And, and that would be great. And play Gloria, all that stuff. That would be fantastic. I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling that it might go the other way. Um, but anyways, uh, we've got some more show coming up. For you, if you want to contribute along the way, you can call in. We're going to be talking about the Habs restricted free agents and who we think the Canadians should extend. They've already extended Brett Kulak. His name is off the board. We're going to go through all the Canadians RFAs and say who we think they should extend and who they should not. But if you want to get your voice heard, then you can call into this show. We're a live show. You can call in if you'd like. Uh, 213-943-3754. That is 213-943-3754. 
And to all of our on-demand listeners, we love all of you that tune in and listen on demand. You can text anytime at 5853-ROCKET. Give us your thoughts at uh, 5853-ROCKET. So me and Gibby are going to be back discussing all of the Habs RFAs. And after that, in the third segment, we're going to tell you how you could be joining us in Vancouver to go see the NHL entry draft. And uh, we'll give you all the details at the start of the third segment. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break and come back and discuss the Montreal Canadiens' restricted free agents. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We're going to discuss Habs restricted free agents. And, you know, it's, it's very fitting. It's great timing that Mark Bergevin went out and made the signing of Brett Kulak. So he's off the board. But the Montreal Canadiens still have some fairly important restricted free agents. And we're going to discuss all of, all of them. But we're going to identify some of the ones that we think are a little bit more important than the others. Um, so... So, Gibby, who have you kind of circled? Who is who is most important? What is your priority going into this? So, my priority right now is I felt like I feel like a guy like Brett Lernout is uh, somebody that you should definitely try and qualify. Um, I mean, he, he's not your most offensively gifted guy. He's a good stay-at-home D-man who uses his grit and his size to his advantage. Again, he's not the most offensively gifted guy. He has four goals. He had four goals, five assists in 74 games. But that's not what I look at. Um, I, I, I think he definitely will get qualified, and I think it, he is a priority. And I feel like he actually has the potential to become that sixth D-man for the Habs. I mean... He's been in the in the shadows in the AHL for a very long time, and I feel like now would be the time to uh, to finally give him that promotion and allow him to play. And I do hope it uh, it pans out for him because he has looked uh, very good over the last few years, and even last year, a lot of people said that uh, he deserved to get that sixth spot. But he had a good season in uh, in Laval, and he uh, definitely cemented himself for Laval, but uh, yeah, hopefully he does uh, end up coming up and we get to see him in Montreal, because I do like him. He's a good, gritty guy, and I feel like that's something that Montreal has missed over the last few years on defense. 
Um, yeah. Another guy. Another guy. Do you want to? Sorry. Do you want to touch no, on him no, a little no. bit? I I agree with oh. you wholeheartedly. You can continue. <laughs> yeah. No. No problem. Uh. Yeah. Another guy that I think uh, we should lock up might. Uh, it's a little bit. I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm kind of torn between him simply because of the fact that we do have a lot of uh, young prospects that I would like to see play in Laval full time. But another guy is Xavier Wallet. Uh, obviously, he was uh, named the captain once we ended up trading. Um, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, phrase, right? We ended up tra- trading Phrase, who was our former captain. Um, and then Wallet ended up getting named the captain. So, yeah, I, I, he, uh, he looked good. Um, good, reliable D-man. Uh, he looked good on the power play. He helped Laval have a fairly successful power play, despite how well Laval played throughout the season. Um, so again, I hope, I mean, why wouldn't you, uh, qualify your, uh, your captain? It only makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I feel like he's another guy that might get, uh, qualified. And I think that's a priority. Um, he, uh, he, he might help with the younger guys that are looking to crack the lineup for Laval guys like Josh Brook, all the younger guys that I feel like might make a push for a full-time job in Laval. So, he might be able to mentor them despite his age. He still has quite a few years under his belt. So he's got the experience for sure. So that might help. So I feel like he's another guy that I really like. And I feel like he's a priority as well. Moving on to the NHL. I feel like obviously Arturi Lekkinen, he's an RFA this year, uh, 11 goals, 20 assists in 82 games. Not the best stats considering, but that's not what I'm looking at for Lekkinen. I I love Lekkinen. I think he's a fantastic player all around, and I, I honestly think he's a very underrated player, even though offensively he hasn't found his stride that we saw in his rookie year, um, but I'm not, again, I'm not looking at what he gives, what he puts out on the table offensively, because he, he just, he does so much that goes unnoticed, and a lot of people hate on Lekkanen, and I saw a few things on Twitter that said they don't want to see Lekkanen back or he's not a priority or whatever the case may be, but there's just so many things that he does on the ice that goes unnoticed. And what he does off the puck, his, his overall just intelligence on the ice and always being in the right position, always just his defensive game, honestly, there's just so much to him that he does. And even though he's not putting up the offensive numbers, he's putting himself on the ice that allows other players to open up and creates more offense for them. So I think he is a very important player to sign. And then last, a guy that we never, we didn't really see, but I feel like he is a player that we really should think of qualifying because if we end up losing him to free agency and we don't end up qualifying him, I feel like that's going to be something that might nip us in the butt in the future. Uh, A guy like Gustav Olofsson, obviously he only played two games last year. He had one assist, uh, losing him to, I don't remember what you might be able to tell me what the injury was, but it was a season ending injury. I want to say it was his shoulder, but I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, a guy that had uh, a lot of promise and he was spoken highly about. Um, I, I think he'll get qualified and I think, he will if he ends up staying healthy and he'll have a good bounce back year. Uh, you were correct in saying it was his shoulder. <laughs> Lucky guess, I guess, and, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I agree with, with what you said there on, on all those guys. I think that those are, uh, are Trey Lekkinen and, and, and lost in all of this, all of the talk about him not being able to finish his offensive opportunities. He set a new career high in points. He's the 31. So, it was still a successful year for our Trey Lekin. And, and, and as you say, he's getting those chances. He's on the end of those scoring chances because he's doing all the work required to get those scoring chances. And whatever line he was on, it was usually Montreal's best line. It was either the finish line with, uh, with Kotkaniemi and a guy that I'm going to talk about in a minute, Yol Armia, or it was late in the season with Max Domi and Andrew Shaw. He was a guy that drove possession, that really created high-scoring opportunities, and that is a guy that I think you absolutely have to have as a high priority for this team. 
Um, but when I when I look at guys that I think uh, Yol Armia, as I said, that is a guy. When you look at the Montreal Canadiens, if you're looking at this team, obviously they are built around the idea that speed kills. That is their idea. That is their mindset. And the guy that I thought really brought uh, an element that they don't have a whole lot of, which is size and the ability to kind of throw his weight around and go through people if he needs to, is Yoel Armia. And that is somebody that you need to extend. You need to qualify at the very least because he showed why Montreal you're willing to take on the salary of, of Steve Mason and then buy him out because you get Yoel Armia. And he was fantastic this season. Uh, a lot of it, he was, you know, uh, early on this season, he was under, uh, under the bus a little bit because he was having issues putting the puck in the back of the net. But a lot of the responsibility early on for him in, in the first few months of the season was kind of helping along Jesperi Kotkaniemi, being a little bit of a defensive uh, backbone for a guy that was just learning the game as he went. And Archery Lekkinen was doing that as well. And then they all found their game, they all clicked, and they all created scoring opportunities. And Armia was a huge part in that. And I think that that is someone that you have to have very high on your priority list. Evidently, uh, Brett Kulak was, was a little bit higher, but maybe he's a guy that is, <laughs> that is just a little bit behind. Um, as you said, learn out, Ouellette, I'm with you on that. Uh, another guy is Daniel Audet. And that's a guy that I got to see play in St. John's when he was here. And he put up 30 points in his first year. Last season, I believe he put up 29. He bounced back with a 39-point season. That's somebody that you have to qualify because there's still you still want to see if there's a little bit more that he has to give. Keep in mind, the Montreal Canadiens just signed in free agency a, a perennial 40-point player last year in the AHL which was Matthew Pekka. So, I mean, if you get to that point with Daniel Adette, then there's no reason why he can't make that jump. I'm not saying and, or advocating for that, but I'm just saying the Montreal Canadiens signed guaranteed money or gave guaranteed money to a guy that put up 40 points consistently in the AHL. So, who knows? Maybe he's a guy that could be a fringe NHLer at some point. Um, beyond that, I think that the guys that I would not look at or, or at least would consider not tendering a qualifying offer, I think when you look at the way that late in the season, specifically around the trade deadline, the talk about Charles Houdon kind of went in a different direction. And maybe you qualify that offer and you, you go on to training camp and then you try to get – you try to trade him, but – I think there's a certain point that you reach, and I'm, I think I'm there with Michael McCarron as well, where you've got guys that are going to be coming up through the system, and you've got guys that might be on that doorstep of the NHL, not really at the forward position, more so the defensive position. But regardless, you're going to have guys that are going to be coming up fairly soon. I think at a certain point, you might have to just cut your losses with these guys and let them move on and see if they can catch anywhere else. Maybe they'll, they'll have success or find success elsewhere, but I don't know if for a guy like Houdon, for a guy like McCarron, and even a Mike Riley, like I would consider just, you know what, I'll cut my losses with the guys. Riley might be the one that I consider the most out of those three, that maybe you bring them back because you, you can never have enough defensemen, as they say. But, you know, I think that there's a point that you reach, and the development of Michael McCarron, uh, when you look at him specifically, he's first going to have to train harder and harder to get up to have the foot speed to compete. And then as we've talked about on this podcast, a lot of the issues that he has are because he's not able to identify what's happening around him quickly enough. And that is another development that will have to take place before he can play in the NHL. So you're quickly now with two developments that are going to have to take place for him to be an NHLer. And at this point, I'm not sure that that's the best place to be in. And maybe it's time for a guy like Mike McCarron to just say, okay, well, we're going to move on from this. We're going to cut our losses and see who else, who, what someone else has to offer. Uh, do you have any specific thoughts on any of those guys or maybe who you wouldn't uh, tender a qualifying offer for? Yeah. So I, I agree with you. 
in the terms of all those guys. Um, I feel like Charles Houdon, it's an unfortunate situation. It's just kind of, we've got way too much talent coming up. I do, I do think he is a fairly decent player. He just wasn't given the right opportunity. Obviously, I mean, you can't really blame Julian. His cards were kind of dealt to him. Uh, yeah. Houdon didn't really show as much as all the younger players like uh, Kotkaniemi did, like all the other guys that ended up having themselves slotted in the lineup. <clears throat> I agree with you. I think either Charles Houdon's ties, you just cut all ties with him and he becomes a free agent, you give him an opportunity elsewhere, or you you qualify him and you try and use him as a trade chip to in a package to try and acquire uh, something like a lefty. I'm not saying he's going to fetch a top D man, but he can definitely be in a package deal to, because yeah. uh, I mean, let's be real. Like the kid is a very good player. He, uh, he was, he, at one point he led the AHL in points a few years in a row. Um, it's an unfortunate situation because I did, I do like him, but I mean, it's a business. Uh, he couldn't find his spot in the Habs lineup. So if he does not end up staying with us, I wish him all the best. Um, another guy that I felt, I, I do agree with, I think Mike, I, uh, I don't agree with, uh, with the Mike Riley thing. I think we have yeah. a lot of players, um, that are very similar to Riley, uh, but bring a little bit more defensively sound play. Um, you have Folan now, you have Kulak, and I think what's going to end up happening with Riley is you cut ties with him, you see what you can fetch at the uh, at in free agency, and if he's still available, hey, you uh, you say, listen, we're willing to bring you back. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Mike Riley will be back. I think uh, Bergevin's top priority is getting a top guy to solidify our top six. Um, So I I think Riley won't get tendered. And another guy that I think is not going to get tendered will probably um, be Hunter Shinkarik. He's uh, not exactly – I mean, he, he doesn't really bring too much to the table. I think uh, he's just taken up a, a spot for one of the younger guys, even though he is still young. But he's definitely not a guy that's in your future, or you don't really – I don't see him – I don't see them trying to develop him further. And in regards to Mike McCarron, I think that you actually can tender him, and I think he can become sort of like a mentor for the younger guys in the AHL. And because uh, he, he – he is he is he he does well in the AHL, he, but for some reason he just can't put his game together in the NHL. I don't know whether it's not given the right opportunity, but then with not giving the right not being given the right opportunity, it's it's also what you're showing, right? And Mike McCarron hasn't yeah. really shown anything in the at the NHL level to give him further opportunity. So I don't mind if we cut ties, but I also think that he could become a mentor for the younger guys in the AHL because you need those guys. It's not you don't want to just have all all young guys down in the AHL. You want a couple of those mentor guys, which is why I think they ended up signing a guy like Bazzilli. I don't know if I pronounced that name right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then McCarron as well. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible with pronunciation. Uh, and then I feel like McCarron is could be one of those mentor guys that you have. So I think bringing him back isn't a bad idea. Yeah, I I think I agree with you on that. And the reason why I think that, you know what, if Mike McCarron is that guy and you have him in that role, then you absolutely, I think you absolutely need to non-tender a a guy like Hunter Shinkarek because that's the spot that you would hope that someone, a younger guy will be able to take. And Mike McCarron, I think, you know what, he might have value in that role. And anything beyond that, I think if, you know what, maybe as a, as a two-way contract guy, he might not be uh, be too fond of that idea. But as someone that can go back and forth, maybe that, that might be a role that fits him, as I said again, maybe a fringe AHL or, or NHL or rather, but, uh, but not, not necessarily, I think, a guy at this point that, would, uh, that you would have. Not, not the first-round pick status, 
the guy that you would think is going to be a, a part of your team going forward. I think that those days are, uh, are, are kind of past. But anyways, uh, I think I agree with you in, in that sense. So we've gone through all of the restricted free agents for the Montreal Canadiens. Now we're going to turn it over to you, the audience. We're going to go to the responses of the question of the week, which happens to be, um, excuse me, <laughs> which Canadians rocket RFA should be top priority for Mark Bergevin to resign? So once again, which Canadians or rocket restricted free agent should be top priorities for Mark Bergevin to resign? We're going to get to your answers after a quick break. And we're also going to tell you a little bit about this contest that we have going on to go to the NHL Entry Draft in Vancouver. So stick around. We're going to get to all that after a quick break. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. back here on the Canadian Connection podcast. We were just talking about restricted free agents for the Montreal Canadiens. We threw the question out on Twitter and Facebook, uh, which Canadians slash Rocket restricted free agents should be top priorities for Mark Bergevin. Um, so we're going to get to those answers. But before we do that, we've got a fun little contest that might send you to Vancouver with a chance to see the NHL entry draft, uh, both days of the NHL entry draft. And we've just got some rules that you can enter the contest if you, uh, and this is through your, the platform, your, the social media platform of your choice. For Twitter users, send a tweet to us at all halves, via Twitter account at all halves, using the phrase, hey, hashtag Rocket Sports. I'm a whatever fan, whatever team you support, whether, for example, I'm a, Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I'm a Vancouver Canucks fan, and I need a hashtag NHL draft ticket. Then briefly describe what makes you such a super fan. Attach a photo to the tweet that illustrates how much you love hockey. And that is the basic premise for the others as well. Facebook users post a status to the All Habs fan page using the phrase, hey, hashtag Rocket Sports. I'm a NHL team fan. And I need an hashtag NHL draft ticket. Then briefly describe what makes you a super fan, attach a photo, and uh, you must also tag all Habs in your post. 
And then for Instagram users, post a photo that illustrates how much you love hockey. Caption it with, hey, hashtag Rocket Sports. I'm a hash, uh, NHL team fan, and I need a hashtag NHL draft ticket. Briefly describe what makes you a super fan. Also remember to use the hashtag Rocket Sports. Hashtag Rocket Sports. Uh, you can enter as often as you wish, and you have from now until July, or excuse me, not July 2nd, June 2nd, to send out your tweets, <laughs> posts, and photos. Guys. Yeah, you'll miss the draft. Uh, if you want to head to Vancouver <laughs> for the free agent period, there's not going to be as much going on. But yes, June 2nd, that is the cutoff date. And uh, yes, you can enter as many times as you wish. As I said, you can do it on the social media platform of your choosing. You have Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, hey, hashtag Rocket Sports, I'm a insert NHL team fan, and I need a hashtag NHL draft ticket. So you can, if, if I've just said that too quickly, if you want to go and check it out for yourself and see the rules in writing, there's a post on allhabs.net that you can go and check out and get it all in uh, greater detail. But those are the rules. Dems the rules to the uh, contest. And uh, it's a great opportunity to go to the NHL entry draft. I went last year in Dallas. It was phenomenal. And no doubt in Vancouver, Canadian city, it is going to be a great atmosphere once again. And, uh, you know, going out West in June, my goodness, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. If, if you want to go to the NHL draft, enter that contest right there. And uh, we've already gotten two winners. We got Jim, uh, Jim Snedden. And uh, we have Mike at MikeHabs09, who have already won their tickets. So they are going to Vancouver. If you want to be joining the Rocket Sports team and Jim and Mike, then you should enter the cup. Excuse me. <clears throat> enter the contest, and you can go as well. Uh, so with all that said, I think we got everything out of the way there for the, uh, the contest for the NHL entry draft. Um, how about we turn things over? to the question of the week, which once again, which Habs or Rocket RFAs should be top priorities for Mark Bergevin to re-sign? And we have gotten a, a fair bit of, a, 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 we've gotten a, a few responses to this, uh, to this question of the week. Uh, Gibby, would you like to uh, take the Twitter responses for this? Yeah. yeah, sure. So our very own Blaine Potvin, if you don't follow him, at Potsy underscore 70. Um, he said, with Kulak signed today, the main target should be to help Laval become more competitive. Sign Learnout and McCarran, young AHL vets with size who could still be used as call-ups. Yeah, I agree with him there. Um, yeah. Another guy is Mark Murphy, who his Twitter handle is at Master underscore Pigeon. He says, apparently it's Kulak. And then he ended up... Uh, he ended up saying his top priority now is Lekkonen. Um, our very own Chris G at Chris Habs 360. He says the next RFA priority for the hashtag Habs needs to be Lekkonen. All around good player that can help the team on both sides of the ice and can also play on both wings. Yeah. So and then, over here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so there was one guy who, uh, <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum, I do agree Lekkonen should be one of the top guys as your priority. So one guy disagreed with Chris. He says his, na his Twitter handle is at JohnPino82. He says Lekkonen is very low on his list. Very, very low. Uh, I'm not sure why he would say that. But, hey, everybody's entitled to their op own opinion. He later ended up saying that he's uh, more focused on trying to sign guys in the free agency. So, again, obviously there's going to be people that uh, everybody thinks they're uh, GMs, so everybody has their own opinion. Everybody's entitled yeah. to their own opinion. So he's trying to uh, trying to go a different route and maybe it doesn't look too highly of Lekkonen. But, hey, to each their own, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, reasonable people can disagree. That's that's uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I would think that Arturi Lekkonen at this point is probably a high priority for Mark Bergevin, and uh, probably Yoel Armia as well. Um, so over here on the aforementioned All Habs uh, fan page, we've gotten a couple of responses as well. You've got uh, Leo saying 
yes, absolutely. Got to take care of your own first, especially if you're going to be in the plans going forward. Go Habs, go. So a, a very, you know, you got to get guys taken care of. And I think that that speaks for both in the in the Canadians with the, with the guys like our Trey Lekkinen and Yol Armia, as well as, you know, guys like a Brett Burnout. So, you know what, you have to get those guys taken care of before you can get to the UFA period. Uh, so that is a, a good uh, a good way to go about it. And then you have Emily saying, uh, just get a better GM. And uh, it doesn't take long <laughs> for a question of the week to go into that direction. And uh, I think that, that is a, that's a good place uh, to, <laughs> to end uh, the uh, question of the week because uh, it seems that that's how it ends most weeks. Um, so... Uh, Gibby, uh, this was uh, this was a fun episode. We certainly got to a, a lot of different. Uh, we got to the Habs RFAs. We talked about a lot of different Habs news. I appreciate you jumping on with us, and and obviously a podcast like Have a Listen, which has is just. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I've got to say, and over here Thank on you. the Rocket Sports Radio side of things, we've got a lot of nice podcasts. But uh, you guys have kind of been staggering your episodes a little bit, so. What should we expect from uh, from all hats from yourself and uh, from Lewis, you and Lewis? Uh, so Lewis and I are currently Lewis is busy. He's a busy man. He's yeah. getting married this year, so he's kind oh. of. Uh, we're trying to plan ourselves uh, our next episode. It should be coming within a couple days. Uh, we're just gonna just we like to touch. Uh, this is our off season, so uh, yeah. what we do we uh, after every. Um, Every round of the playoffs, we ended up we just review our picks of who we thought would win in the series, and we touch on the preview of the next series, uh, next round. So we're going to be touching on the Boston Bruins St. Louis matchup, who we think is going to win and uh, why, and uh, again our usual shenanigans. Uh, Lewis uh, <laughs> Lewis usually usually drives the 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 car in that in that. Uh, so to speak, uh, there he usually ends up uh, putting together a couple fun games to make Gibby look like a little bit of a lunatic and an angry guy. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, expect our next episode within a couple days. Uh, again, Lewis is a busy guy, so I'm just trying to get a hold of him. Yeah, and uh, as I said, it's one of my favorites. That you can find that podcast amongst all of our other lovely podcasts here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can find it on allhabs.net or all of favorite podcast any of your podcasting platforms that you choose it'd be itunes overcast spotify google play stitcher and tune in search rocket sports radio hit that subscribe button and you get to hear that shenanigans with uh, lewis and gibby and the uh, habs on podcast and the, uh, the press box podcast that focuses on uh, the ahl as well uh gibby i have to say thank you you were a, a great replace you were a great co-host this week for rick who uh, unfortunately couldn't join us so, so thank you once again for joining us on, on this week's episode. It's good that we got some breaking news, some hab stuff that we could talk about with an actual player. Uh, <laughs> it was great having you on. Yeah, honestly, I love having, I love being on. Honestly, uh, you guys do a great job on Katie's connection. Uh, anytime you guys need Gibby, I'll, uh, I'll get, I'm glad to get the, <laughs> the AHL call up. No problem. <laughs> as uh yeah so you got the uh you know that's what you need sometimes like you said you have mike mccarran down there as a leader and then he uh gets he gets up here and he's and he's ready to go just like that just like uh you replacing a a lineup change if you will for uh for rick Steen. Yes. so uh yes. we appreciate i'm, I'm uh 36 episode i'm the marcel hosa of the <laughs> uh of the of the call-ups I, I appreciate I appreciate your pandering to my uh, to my the way that I start the show every week. That's uh, that's very much appreciated. Where can they find you on the uh, on the Twitter machine? So on the Twitter machine, you can find me at the real Gibby zero five. Um, I I'm um, uh, right now. I'm again. It's our it's our off season, so I'm not as active, but. If you do tweet me, uh, some, I'll definitely uh, shoot you back a reply, no problem. If you want to get into a debate regarding uh, yeah. our Habs or NHL, uh, anything NHL, I uh, love talking sports. So, uh, yeah, I'm a very open guy. If you're willing to, to reach me, again, it's at the real Gibby 5 and hope to hear from everybody. 
Well, yeah, and, and that's what we love to do on this podcast. We love to hear from everyone on the question of the week. Uh, call-ins and texts are always welcome as well. So, Gibby, thank you again for joining us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at JoeWayland19. You can follow Rick, who was away this week, at All Habs. He's manning the All Habs account. And, uh, yeah, so you can join us right once again next week. I'll be at 1 p.m. Eastern, and that's at uh, 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'll be right back with you discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. Maybe there's another signing because Mark Bergevin is getting his work done, and we'll have something to talk about next week as well. Um, but, yeah, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Thank you, Gibby, for joining us. We will be back again next week. And until then, thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.